Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Hello, this is Larry Post, Senior Tax and Planning Advisor at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. And then in this episode of Tax Talk, I wanted to talk about charitable contributions and more importantly, what documentation is required in order to be able to take a deduction for a charitable contribution. Now, this podcast came to light or came to my mind recently because I read an article in the Wall Street Journal that talked about a tax court case where a taxpayer had donated some artifacts and jewelry to a Native American museum and took a deduction on the tax return for $464,000 approximately. And that deduction was denied. The IRS basically disallowed it, and the taxpayer went to tax court, and the tax court upheld the disallowed deduction. And the biggest reason was not that the property was not valued properly, that it was not given to a proper charity, had nothing to do with that. What it happened to do was the taxpayer did not receive the proper acknowledgement and receipt from the charity prior to filing their tax return. And so let's talk a little bit about what that is, and then what is the differences based on the value of gifts and the types of gifts. So first of all, there's this thing that the law calls a contemporaneous written acknowledgement that must be received by the taxpayer before filing the tax return. So it doesn't have to be received at the day you get give the charitable contribution. You must have it in hand prior to filing, not afterwards, because in this case, in the tax court case, the taxpayer actually got something after the fact, obviously after getting audited, went back to the charity and said, hey, I didn't get this. They gave it to her. And the tax court said, hey, that's great. You tried, but that's not what the law says. And they disallowed it. So you must receive it and have it in hand prior to filing of your return. And what that statement has to stay is whether or not the taxpayer received goods or services in return for the donation. It has to have language like that, that you did not receive goods or services in exchange, or you did, and this is the value, and then you can take a deduction for the difference between what you donated and what you received in return. And understand that that must be received and must be in hand prior to filing the return. And that value has to be something, obviously, of significance. Um, you know, if you receive a pen or something in return, understand that's pretty much negligible. But if you pay for, um, if you make a donation and in return you receive tickets to a dinner or a show, those must be valued and the differential could be deductible. Uh, when you buy something at a charity auction, there's a value to what you're receiving, the goods and only the differential. But you must receive that acknowledgement. And this was not received in this court, tax court case. 
So it must be received. It's been the law since 1994. And because in this tax court case, the museum later provided it, it didn't satisfy the law's strict requirements. So let's understand that. You must receive it prior to filing your return. So let's talk about the different levels. So if you make a cash donation, less than $250, the IRS says a bank statement, a copy of the check, um, credit card receipt is fine as long as it shows the charity's name, the date of the gift, and the amount. That's fine. You don't need this um, written acknowledgement from the charity if you make a donation of less than $250. And these donations are not subject to aggregation rules. So if you make multiple donations to the same charity over the course of the year, as long as individually none of them are greater than $250, you do not need this acknowledgement. That's fine. If you make $250 or more of a donation, you need a statement from the charity, the amount of donation, and whether you receive goods or services. You need this contemporaneous written acknowledgement if the gift is $250 or more. And obviously, like I said, if you receive something in exchange, it's got to value that and you can take the difference as a deduction. And it must be in hand before filing the return. Now let's talk about property donations. So that's cash. So you got this 250. 250 or less, greater than 250. That's kind of your, your, your cutoff. Property donations below 250, you have to have a record showing the name of the charity, the donation site, maybe it's a Dropbox, the date, what you donated, and the and the and the value, the condition, used, new, you know, uh, slightly used, something. You should get a receipt unless it's impractical. If it's impractical, you should be recording the information. Not, I think I gave two bags of clothing. Or I get, you need to record it. You need to write it down. So if you don't get a receipt, you should be recording exactly what you gave, the value, and, that, and that's below 250 If you make a property donation between 250 and 500 you typically need a receipt from the charity before filing the return, and whether you receive goods or services in exchange. So again, putting a bag into a Dropbox and saying it was worth $400 may be an issue. May be an issue because you do not have a receipt, okay? The charity's acknowledgement must describe the property, clothing, furniture, kitchen, household goods. Whatever it is, it should state that on the receipt, but the charity will not, and I repeat, will not value the property. It's typically that's up to the taxpayer. Now, property donations greater than $500, in addition to getting the receipt, the donor has to report when they acquired the property, what they paid for it, cost basis, and typically that is all filed on Form 8283. And there are other things that are on that form, and special rules do apply to cars, airplanes, and boats that are worth more than 400 I won't go into those special rules here, but understand there are some other rules that apply there. But again, key point here, donations greater than $500 have to be reported on Form 8283. You must have an acknowledgement from the charity, and the aggregation rules do apply if you donate similar property valued at $500 or more during the year. So if I give multiple donations to Goodwill, or some other nonprofit of clothing, and they're greater than 500 in total over the course of the year, then 
I have to file form 8283 and I need receipts, right? So the rules say I need receipts. So I can't say, well, I'm going to donate a bag a month, 12 bags, $100 a bag. Each of them are under the $250. So I don't need a receipt. I've now donated $1,200. I don't have a receipt and they must be reported on form 8283. Again, another issue. So be very careful about making multiple donations over the course of the year and determining, well, each one of them was below 250 because aggregation rules do apply. And last point, property donations greater than $5,000 must have an appraisal. And the aggregation rules apply there as well. Okay, so if you donate property, you must have an appraisal if it's greater than $5,000. And there was an example of donating three sculptures, so an art collective, and this was just an example, you know, art, three sculptures greater than, worth 2000 each, because they were donated to three different charities three different times, the problem is it's the similar property. So it was over 5000 needed an appraisal of each one of those. So be very, very careful, okay? Be very careful in how you donate property and how it's uh, worded. So I hope this gives you a little bit more indication of what is required, but I think in general, any donation of more than $250 does require a statement from the charity saying the value of goods or services received, whether it was none or there was a valuation. So please, please, please keep that in mind as you gather your um, deductible items for tax time on what is required to have, and it's most importantly to get it when you make the donation. It makes it a lot easier than chasing it down after the fact. I hope this was helpful and informative, and have a good rest of your day. Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.